Hi, I'm Will, and this is my wife, Dallas. Hi. This is Not the Beginning, a podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and a Wheel of Time newbie read through each of the 14 books in this long series. Warning, this podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences, and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Fires of Heaven, book five, please proceed with caution. Maureen was slight, a small woman. Her weight did not disturb the wagon at all as she pulled herself up. She winced as her dress caught on a splinter and tore, but Lanfear did not look around. The woman had dealt with every threat except Rand. He was the only corner of the world she acknowledged in the least right then. Suppressing a small bubble of hope, she could not allow herself that luxury. Moraine balanced upright a moment on the wagon tail, then embraced the true source and leaped at Lanfear. The Forsaken had an instant's warning, enough to turn before Moraine struck her, clawing the bracelet away. Face to face, they toppled through the door framed her angry all. White light swallowed everything. On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will dive in and discuss chapters 50 through 52 of The Fires of Heaven. Note, I have not read past chapter 52, and Will is going to do his best not to bring in anything from the rest of The Fires of Heaven or the next nine books during our discussion. So as long as you've read through chapter 52, you should be good. If you haven't, I recommend pausing here and going to read. Chapter summaries, as always, from dragonmount.com. After a long walk from the riverbank, Elaine and Nynaeve arrive in Saladar and are questioned thoroughly. The Aes Sedai are less than pleased at their report, and Nynaeve and Elaine find it difficult to return to being accepted after their long independence. The seal on the Dark One's prison, which they brought from Tarabon, has been broken. Seeing Nynaeve and Elaine's distress, Tom, Julen, and Uno offer to help them leave Saladar, but Nynaeve's thirst to learn keeps her from accepting. Gareth Bryn recruits the men to help him. Swan demands that Nynaeve teach her how to use the dream to her angry all, since it doesn't require channeling. Nynaeve agrees, but only if Swan and Lyanna will let her study them and Loghain to learn whether Stilling can be healed. Min warns Elaine that the three women who came with them are going to make trouble. Min comes clean about her viewing and her feelings for Rand. Rand scares off the young noble Salanda by pretending to be mad. He realizes that Lady Colivere is responsible for sending Salanda and the others to seduce him and invites her to visit him later, intending to make an end of it. Moraine delivers letters from Elida and Alviarin. Matt arrives. The soldiers and young lordlings Matt saved during the Battle of Kyrian have begun calling themselves the Band of the Red Hand, a name used by the last defenders of Manetherin. Matt has been fighting Andorans in South Kyrian and brings Rand the news that Gabriel has named himself King of Andor. All believe Morghese is dead. Rand reveals that Gabriel is Robin and makes plans to kill him. Moraine convinces Rand to put his deadly errand off until tomorrow. Rand sets Matt over the army headed south to Tyr and plans to send him and the band to join them. Matt lets slip Rand's plans in front of Melindra, who tries to kill him with a dagger marked with Samael's sigil. Matt reacts reflexively and kills her instead. Rand realizes he forgot his appointment with Colivere. Avienda caught her in his chambers and had a long chat with her. Asmodian offers to go with Rand to Camelin. Rand finds his usual guard of maidens absent. Moraine gives Rand two letters, one for him to read later, the other for Tom Marilyn, and claims he needs to see something down at the docks. Lanfear visits Hadnan Kadir in the guise of Kylie, then reveals her true self. She demands a report of Rand's activities and clearly doesn't like the answer. She skins him alive and demolishes his wagon just as Rand passes by. Avienda and Egwene are caught in Lanfear's weaves and incapacitated. Lanfear collects an angry awl that Moraine left as bait in front of the red stone doorway and overpowers Rand. At the opportune moment, Moraine does what the rings of Rudian told her she must and takes Lanfear through the doorway. Okay, you know it's an eventful section when Dragon Mount goes on for that long in summaries. Yes. It really, like, stuff's happening. And stuff's happening a lot. These are, like, big bookending events. Yeah. We and do have to say we were supposed to read through Chapter 53. Yes, we were supposed to read through Chapter 53, but then I got to fi- Chapter 52 and figured the cliffhanger of everything turning white would be a better cliffhanger for you. Yeah, especially since I've been struggling to read this book, so now I like want to read the next section because I have to find out what the fuck happened to Moraine. Right. So many things to talk about there. So many. Let's start with the more boring stuff. <laughs> Yay! You mean the stuff that has made this entire book boring, which is naive. Uh, yeah, and a little bit. And Elaine's storyline. It gets better here. It does, because now it's merging 
with another slightly boring storyline. And so two boring things make a <laughs> more interesting thing. It's so weird that you think that the Saladar stuff is boring. I mean, I get it because there's we've barely seen any of it. But later on, it becomes really interesting. Like there's this schism in the most powerful. There's a schism in the Catholic Church. Not necessarily the Saladar stuff, but like I was bored with Swan and Min and mm, yeah. company just kind of traveling. Like Yeah, there's a lot of aimless traveling in this book. Yeah, and it's just boring. Once yeah. everyone is in Saladar and the plot lines have merged, yeah, things like, become more interesting. Nynaeve continues to complain, but now she has a good reason to complain. She has a not new reason to complain. You're choosing to do this at some point. Just suck it up. Yeah, but the Aes Sedai are not great at realizing when people are ready to grow. Like, I mean, clearly... After all of their travels, Elaine and Nynaeve are not just your average accepted anymore. Nynaeve took on a fucking Forsaken. Yeah, but I think they, the Aes Sedai do have a point in that, like, they haven't even been accepted for a full year. They can't just be promoting them to Aes Sedai. Right. When they let some people be accepted for, like, 15 years before they're promoted to Aes Sedai. They definitely have a point, and I think one of the things that stands out in Nynaeve's section when she's thinking about the Aes Sedai and the way that they're treating her and Elaine is that, you know, Nynaeve has not been alive for nearly as long as any of these women. And that's, yeah, because they need some more maturity and they need some more calm and that just comes with age and experience that they just don't have. Yeah. Like, it's not about how well they're able to channel and, I mean, I'm going to argue that Nynaeve shouldn't be promoted to Aes Sedai until her block goes away. Because oh, clearly, clearly the block demonstrates some sort of, she, not immaturity, but a mental thing that she needs to get around. She doesn't have full control over herself. And the yeah. block is just one way in which that manifests. Yeah. No Aes Sedai, like one of the things that I think should be clear now with Swan and Lyanna is that no Aes Sedai has full control over themselves. Not even Swan did. And she was Pope. Yeah. She was she was Lady Pope. Lady Pope. And so, you know, Nynaeve doesn't need to have perfect control over herself, but she needs to have control over herself enough to be able to wield Sidar. She needs to have just more consistent emotional control over herself. Yeah. And Swan doesn't have complete and total emotional control over herself because she's still a human. Yeah. But, but she has more consistent control over her emotions. And, and Swan, Swan's control, I think, has degraded some since being stilled because, yeah, of course it would. I mean, it's a traumatic event. Right. But even still, Swan never lets her emotions get on top of her, where Nynaeve often lets her emotions get on top of her. And I'd say Elaine does as well. Elaine does less frequently. She's not blocked. Yeah. But Nynaeve definitely, like, her block is a manifestation of her character growth in that she needs her emotions to be on top of her. And she needs to be just kind of completely immersed in her emotions in order to let go of what should be enough to control Sidar. Yeah. And And I I will say, even here, we start to see... Hints that she's starting to overcome her block. They get interrupted in the worst possible way by Aes Sedai poking and prodding her. But at the end, when they're kind of sitting in the room and the sitters are all talking, Nynaeve starts to reach out to the source without being angry. She's just curious. And she's a little annoyed, but I feel like Nynaeve's constant state of being is annoyed. <laughs> there's so always a low level of There's always a low level of annoyance with Nynaeve. So that's just her base level. And if she can manage to channel at her base level of annoyance, I think that's yeah. getting over the block. Yeah. But, and I think and the she difference... Was, she was close enough to have one of the actual Aes Sedai be like, stop that, don't embrace the source. Yeah, like, who told you you could channel? Right. And I think the difference between Nynaeve and Elaine in this instance is that, like, Elaine grew up the daughter heir. So she was raised yeah. from a younger age to have a level of poise and grace that Nynaeve didn't have because she just grew up in a village. Well, and Elaine was also raised by somebody who was tower trained. That too. And all of the Aes Sedai, whether they have control over their emotions or not, and I'd say that, like, Elida, for example, did not have control over herself. No. And none of the Black Aja do. 
they're just bad. But they all have this level of poise about yeah. themselves. Whether they're crazy or in control or good or bad, they've got this level of like grace and poise to them that There is a picture of an Aes Sedai and they all uphold it. Yeah. At least externally. Internally, and, especially the bits that we get from Elida, we know that she really just doesn't have that much control over herself. And because Elaine was groomed to be a queen, and she was groomed to be a queen by her mother and Elida, who had this yeah. eyes said eye grace, not just queen grace. Yeah. There's a picture of a queen, too, and it's yeah. not that different than the picture of an eyes said eye. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting to see one of the things that we get to see here is now there are a bunch of different pictures of Aes Sedai running around because there's tower there's the tower Aes Sedai there's the Saladar Aes Sedai and even now like already all of the tower Aes Sedai are maybe a little bit more emotional than they would have been in the tower they're they're letting their frustrations and their annoyances kind of come to the surface a little easier yeah the Saladar Aes Sedai are kind of like floundering. When, right. In the, to in the use tower. A, to use a fish pun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the tower, we never would have seen or, you know, they would have never let Elaine and Nynaeve see them bickering. They essentially start bickering over them. They do. And they can't hear. Nynaeve and Elaine can't hear what they're bickering about because they put the air block. Yeah. So that their conversation can't be overheard. But. Like, you can read body language. They can read body language, and even then they drop it sometimes to talk amongst themselves and not even Elaine to ask them questions. And there's even some, like, kind of short back and forth even there. Yeah. It doesn't help that Swan is there stirring the pot. No, it doesn't. Swan is a, a, you know, masterful pot stirrer. That's why she got deposed. But I don't, are you, do you have any idea what she's trying to do here? By stirring the pot with Saladar Aes Sedai? I have absolutely no idea. I I think it probably has to do with, if I'm remembering correctly, because this book has been very long. And so I kind very of long book. forgot a bit of the swan stuff from the beginning. But she wants to have control over who gets put in charge, who is the new Amarlin seat. Yeah. And so I think maybe she's trying to keep them all on their toes until she can figure out who she thinks is the best person for that. Okay. Something, it has to do with something theory. with the new Amarlin seat so that yeah. the Saladar can kind of claim themselves as the new tower. Now that we're a little further in, do you think we have met the Amarlin, the new, or at least, I guess, rebel Amarlin? I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know. Okay. I was kind of wondering, like, okay, now Nynaeve and Elaine are there. Are we gonna ha- are we gonna see them do something and just kind of let did push you, Elaine in there? Oh, I, I was gonna ask. Did you think it, w- it would have been Elaine because she kind of has claim to a, a kingdom? Queen, yeah, I guess Andor is really more of a, well. It kind of is a kingdom. And, now. It is a kingdom now, and we'll get to that. Stupid Gabriel. But yeah, so did you think it was gonna be Elaine? I don't know. I think I've kind of just been on the it's Egwene train. Okay. Because of that dream that she had where she was the Amarlin but hadn't taken the oaths. Yeah. She's had, like, nothing to do with the tower, though. Yeah, she hasn't. So She's really only been with the wise ones, I th- which is a little interesting because in some ways her being with the wise ones has sped her up compared to Nynaeve and Elaine, who are often doing this bickering amongst themselves the same way that the Aes Sedai and Saladar seem to be doing. And Nynaeve, not Nynaeve, Egwene seems to be acting a lot more like a wise one. Yeah, she doesn't quite have that eyes to die grace. She has the same control over herself, but it's in the way of a picture of a wise one who will absolutely just smack you upside the head. Yeah. Whereas an eyes to die will just glare you yeah. to, the, into submission. The only thing I think, Elaine, not Elaine, I I'm going to do this the whole episode now. The only thing I think Egwene needs, and she doesn't really need it so much, but the only thing that she would benefit from is an understanding of Rand is actually kind of important in the Dragon Reborn and needs to do things you're not going to understand. Yeah, she's still battling with this. I am becoming more of an in-charge person and refusing to see Rand as having changed. Like, she's accepted that other people are changing around her except for Rand, which is... Yeah, which I think is important. It's important for Rand to have those people, right? Even Matt is not that person anymore. Matt wants to get away from Rand. 
Yeah, he's just never going to. Yeah, and the issue with Egwene is that Egwene is never going to see him as a a real man. Like, no. she's she's always going to see him as dumb boy from the two rivers and where she needs to be in order to do the best job of interacting with Rand Dragon Reborn is to see him as a man from the two rivers and not snot-nosed little boy Rand. Yeah, like, even Nynaeve is seeing the boys as no longer boys. And I'm going to call them boys. I will call a 40-year-old man a boy. So Yeah, they're, they're, they're boys. They're still the boys. Yeah. But even Nynaeve has sort of accepted that they are not, at least the snot-nosed right. boys that they, that they were. She kind of still thinks of them as, like controllable men of the two rivers. Right, but like that's... Like Egwene's dad. But that's not... She, that's... That's not a bad thing for Nynaeve. Yes. Because it's, it's true to what their relationship would have been naturally. Yeah, if they had stayed in the two rivers and they had become kind of part of the panel of men. Village council. Village council. Yeah, Nynaeve... She still would have been like, I'm going to smack you upside the head and I have emotional control over you. Yeah, Nynaeve's version of them is the natural evolution where Egwene seems to be very stubbornly refusing to see Rand as what he is becoming or what he would have become. Yeah, because I think when she thinks of herself in the two rivers, she doesn't really see herself as part of the women's circle. Which she would have been. Right. Well, she's if she, she stops thinks, braiding her hair. Yeah. She If she goes back to her thinking of herself in the two rivers, she's still stuck as like this girl. Yeah. And so it does kind of make sense that she thinks of Rand in the same way because she's not really acknowledging him as a completely different category yeah. anymore. She's not thinking of him as the dragon. She's still thinking of him as Rand and... She is thinking of Rand in relation to who she was to Rand when he was still Rand, if that makes any sort of sense. It did and didn't. The words didn't make any sense, but the point did. <laughs> so we'll take it. Clarify. <laughs> She's stuck in the past, and so her version of Rand is stuck in the past. Yes. When that. thinking about the two rivers. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that we've been talking about Egwene for so much. I did her name correctly that time too. You did. Uh it's weird that we're talking about her so much though, because she's barely in this section. <laughs> yeah, well, she, gets, she does have a POV, which is... A little bit. A, unnecessary? Yeah. The her, entire... Her POV is like, oh, here's Lanfear. Okay, bye. No, it's not even that. It's they walk out of the room and they're like, oh, no, Robin. And it's like two pages of her and Avienda going, I'm worried about Robin. And then it switches to Matt and he kills Melindra. Oh, I blanked that part out. <laughs> This book runs together for me, too. Yeah. Val and Luca's fucking traveling circus. Val and Luca's traveling over. circus. He is not in this section at all. He is not. We, we are done with him for now I, in the last section. <laughs> I'm not saying if he comes back or doesn't come back. I know he comes back. It just, he has to come back. There's no... <laughs> Otherwise... Plot, plot twist. He is actually who Nynaeve ends up with. Nynaeve doesn't end up with Lan. I will riot. I will so I will do a séance and I will riot. That would be fair. He sucks. He does suck. And like he's not the worst person in in the Wheel of Time, but his plot lines are the worst. Jesus. What plot? Exactly. Anyway, we're done with him. We're in Saladar. Let's talk about some Saladar stuff. The seal's broken. The seal's broken, and that's one of the big things that they're talking about. Uh, Nynaeve and Egwene, Elaine. Damn it, I did it. Nynaeve and Elaine. <laughs> are like, we don't know how that happened. We had it wrapped up safe. It must have broken on its own. And the Aes Sedai are like looking at them like, why did you break a seal to the Dark One's prison, you little girls? They were like, we noticed it was a little bit fragile, so we wrapped it as best we could. And they're like, you broke this on purpose. They feel like, the Aes Sedai, especially in Saladar, feel like parents who always think their child is wrong. No matter if their child isn't wrong or what they did or what actually happened, they're they're like, something broke in the house. It's your fault, even if you didn't do it. Yeah, it's like the the parent that watches the dog break the lamp and then blames it on the child. Right. It's like, the dog did it. Get your shit together, Saladar. I said, I, well, I guess they're trying to get their shit together. Yeah, they That's are. That's the point. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they need to get their shit together. Yeah. They do have a discussion with the girls about how they shouldn't have gone off on their own, but it's okay because the Amarlin told them to. 
They're like, yeah, we can't blame you for instructions that you got from an Amerlin that was right. since deposed. Right. But then they do kind of blame them. Like, they're not off the hook for it. They're not off the hook, but they're less on the hook than Swan is. And they can't, they're like, we can't really blame you either, Swan, because you were acting within your full power. Right. But they're still not happy. It's like that you're not in trouble, but we are still disappointed. Yeah, and we're going to punish you a little bit. I don't think they're really punishing them as much as it's... I think they're definitely not being as easy on them as they should be. Because remember, this is a rebel group of Aes Sedai. And I think the reason that they're being hard on them is partially to try to maintain some sort of control. And that control is via the accepted. Like, they guess yeah. they're rebels, but maybe if they treat the accepted exactly how they've always treated the accepted, then that will give them some semblance of control. It's like when the world is crazy and you decide to rearrange your desk 18 times because that's the thing yeah. you have control over at the moment. It doesn't matter, yeah. but it's the thing you can control. I hadn't thought about it that way. It makes total sense to me. I still think they're wrong because they are not necessarily doing... They're trying to set other accepted above them. Like, they eventually send Phelan, who does not like Nynaeve at all, to kind of get them set up. And Phelan seems to have been elevated above them somehow. Well, she was accepted for like six years. She so. was. She's been accepted for a longer period of time. But if there's one thing that's true in Aes Sedai hierarchy, length of time served is not a substitute for rank. I think the reason that they're doing this to Nynaeve and Elaine, though, is to kind of knock them down a few pegs because gotta, they... got to break them back into it. You got to break them back into it. Yeah. Like, they clearly went a little rogue, so you got to kind of, like, knock it back. They've yeah. got to prune some shit in order yeah. for it to grow in the way that they want it to grow. Yeah, I get it, and I don't know that they could do it a better way. But, but honestly, I... right now, you don't need the tree to grow into a specific shape. You, you just literally need just it need grow. it to grow. Right. Because you have... shit's fucked. Right, you have... Not you're not in the tower. You're not in the tower. You're trying to claim yourselves as the true tower and have the reds be the rebels, but and the battle is coming. So right. like and in fact, they are so desperate that they are testing women who wouldn't ordinarily have been tested to be novices. The two of the three women that came with Nynaeve and Elaine off the boat were are tested to be novices. Yeah, they're testing like Literally everyone, basically. It's like, are you... They're finding people. Yeah, they're finding people. They're like, do you look like a woman? Okay, we're going to to test you. Right. Side note, it definitely makes sense that they were initially drawn to Nicola and Arena because they can channel. Yeah. Merrigan, they were kind of like ambivalent about. Which makes sense because she can't channel. Yeah. So yeah, we get a few more things. They confiscate all the Turangriol that not even Elaine have. And Swan steals the ring. <laughs> go Swan. Because they need the... Uh, honestly, go Swan because they do need the ring in yeah. order to be able to talk to Egwene. So. Yeah, absolutely. And Swan's Swan very interested that. in it because it can be used without the ability to channel. And so maybe she can... I don't know what she's planning on doing there, but... Swan strikes me as somebody who could be very effective in Teleron Riyadh with a little bit of training. Well, because you don't need to channel to be able to control Teleron Riyadh. It's just force of will. It's just force of will. That's why Perrin's able to be in Teleron Riyadh. Well, that's not why Perrin's able to be in Teleron Riyadh. That's why he's able to have some sort of control over what happens in Teleron Riyadh. It doesn't have to do with channeling. He has an easier time, though. But it has nothing to do with channeling. If it it had to do with with channeling, channeling, then he wouldn't be able to do anything. Wolf Brothers wouldn't exist. Yeah. There's there's something innate to Teleron Riyadh or the wolf dream that allows them to enter it. Yeah. So Swan, I think, because she just has this, like, pure, I don't know, like, control. Yeah. And sheer force. She's stubborn. Yeah. She's stubborn as hell. And so I feel like she'd be able to do a lot in Teleron Riyadh. Yeah. And the other two things are that the I said I don't like the Adam that they brought with them and would have preferred that Elaine bring Sarandon with them. I don't know what good that would have done. Sarandon can't channel. No. She just had a Adam. But they they also want Elaine to continue to study how to make Turing real. 
Yeah. And then eventually teach that to other Aes Sedai. They also want them to teach the all the Aes Sedai how to use the Dream Terangrials. Yeah. Because there's three of them. There's Which the I... two that you need to channel to yeah. use and then the ring. Yeah. I'm very interested to see what happens when some full Aes Sedai meet some wise ones. <laughs> That's going to be Honestly, Moraine, I don't really consider Eyes Sedai She's so anymore. different. She's so different. And, and Same with Swan. Like, if Swan gets into the dreams, she's, yeah. I mean, she's also not an Eyes Sedai anymore. That's but, true. But especially this far in, we can really appreciate how different Moraine is from the outset to the other Eyes Sedai. And you were saying earlier about how there's so many different Eyes Sedai running around. It's not just the ones that are in the tower and the Saladar. It's whatever the heck Moraine is. It's yeah. whatever the heck Egwene has been pretending to be. Mm-hmm. People think she's an Aes Sedai. So effectively, the world sees her as an Aes Sedai. And yeah. then there's Nynaeve and Elaine who have also kind of been pretending to be Aes Sedai. Yep. So you've got like Aes Sedai everywhere. Yeah. And the world is like has this weird picture it's not just one picture of an Aes Sedai anymore, yeah. partially because, you know, three people who aren't Aes Sedai have been masquerading as Aes Sedai, but what are you going to do? Yeah. They needed to do it to survive. Totally. I'm looking at your notes, and one thing that we haven't really touched on is something that you noted as Eskimo Brother Reunion. <laughs> and it's very short. <laughs> it is a really funny interaction, though, between Tom and Gareth Brynn. Gareth Brynn. Because they're like, you look familiar. And then say they kind of are like snide with each other, which is yeah. hysterical. You you wouldn't think. And it, it seems like more of the stereotypical two girls who were an ex of a guy interaction. Yeah. And it's it's just so well, funny that's, to that's me. The Wheel of Time. The Wheel of Time plays with gender roles and stereotypes the whole time. It does. It's just like a, such a funny interaction. And yeah. they are Eskimo brothers. I mean, they, they are. They both got it on with Margays. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I guess. And, you know, Elaine also reunites with Gareth Brynn, who kind of just ignores her. Which, fair. Yeah. Gareth Brynn never had the relationship with her that Tom did. No, because, I mean, he was an advisor. Tom was a bard. Right. And, and he was more time... of a he was more of a boyfriend to Morghese than Gareth Brynn. I, I think that is potentially true. And even if it wasn't true... By the time Gareth Brynn was involved with Morghese, Elaine was older. Yeah. And less open to it. I mean, when you think about it, though, Gareth Brynn was just an advisor that Morghese happened to be sleeping with. Tom was more of just like a boyfriend. Yeah. He was like a live-in boyfriend. Okay. Slight poll time. And by poll, I mean I'm going to ask you this, and it's, it's kind of a weird question. Who do you think's better in bed? Hmm. <laughs> My vote's Tom. <laughs> I think my vote's Tom, too. Tom knows how to play a harp. He does, he and he's really quick he's and precise really, with yep. his daggers, and he can juggle. I mean, he's probably really quick and precise with his dagger, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not that quick, but, you know. he It's remarked several times that, at least before the whole merge all in Whitebridge incident, he was surprisingly limber. Yeah. <laughs> and... In my head, he's hot Tom, so yeah. I'm going to say Tom. Yeah. We have some casting news, too, which is that they made Dane Bornhold hot. I do not approve. Yeah, Dane Bornhold should be kind of weird looking. Or just generic looking. Yeah. Though, to be fair, they did not... cast kind of a silver fox as his dad. Okay, but So, like, still... it makes sense, but, like, also, like, Dane Bornhold has no, like, essence of hotness in him. Also, can we just go to you using the word silver, the phrase silver fox to describe some guy? Look, <laughs> we know my undying love for Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal. We can, we can move past that. <laughs> and let's talk about some Elaine stuff. Elaine and Min meet... Yeah. And there's really not that much. Min remarks that there's, you know, auras everywhere because she's in a camp of Aes Sedai. Yep. And, and specifically that the three girls that came with them off the boat are going to be some trouble. And Elaine's like, do you have any more information? She's like, no, I only caught it out of the corner of my eye. And then by the time I actually looked at them, it was gone. So. Yeah. I mean, one thing is very true is that those three think or thought that Elaine and Nynaeve were full Aes Sedai. The Aes Sedai don't know that they were going around calling themselves full Aes Sedai. No, they do. They're like... No, they don't. They, there's a they specific... said something about 
were you guys pretending? And then they say no. And they're like, look, I don't know what Moraine is letting Egwene get away with calling herself an Aes Sedai, but you guys can't do that anymore. Right. They never actually said that they did that. But they they suspected. They suspected. Everyone everyone has the information and no one's acknowledging that everyone has the information. They held that back. They don't know. I interpreted the Aes Sedai. I think Swan might know. I interpreted the Aes Sedai as as knowing. They do not know. Oh, well. They specifically, there's like a line in there where Nynaeve's like, it's a good thing we held that back. It was one of the few things they managed to hold back after that dedicated Aes Sedai questioning. That and Brigida in general. Yes. The Aes Sedai do wonder about where the Silver Arrow came from. And they cover it up with saying that uh, Amethera gave it to them, the Panarch of Terabon. And yeah. they're like, where did she even get this? It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's that's fair. It's a physical item brought back from the world of dreams. Yep. That's pretty weird. That's pretty weird. It's a legendary archer's arrow. But yeah, they're just kind of like, Brigitte's this person that's with them now, and not literally Brigitte. Right. And also a warder. Also Elaine's warder. Good old accepted I wonder, bonding people. I wonder if the warders know. That'd be a good question. I yeah. don't have... I, like, I watched a warder bond happen. I still don't understand how the heck that works. Do warder... Are, are warders able to sense other warders just like channelers no. are able to... S- they are not. But I wonder, like... Even if they're not able to sense it, if they're going to be attuned enough to notice how Brigida is acting towards Elaine to be like... Yeah, they are very perceptive. Granted, the warder we've Lane spent... would absolutely know. Lane would know in a heartbeat. <laughs> I was going to say, the only warder we've spent any time with, really, has been Land. We spent some time with Tomas and some time with Ivan and I think... I don't remember what Alana's other warder's name is in the books. I don't remember. But we spent a little bit of time with them. Yeah. Like a little bit of time with Tomas. But Tomas. most of it's with, with Rand. Not with Rand, with Lan. I'm Lan. doing it to the men now, too. <laughs> yeah, I've done it to Lan and Rand before, too. But yeah, no, Lan would absolutely know. In a heartbeat. Like, immediately. Yeah. I don't... He, he might also recognize her as Brigida, because he's been I, around Moraine enough. Yeah, he'd be like, sus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing that Elaine and Min talk about is that they need to have a talk. It's a good old meeting to schedule a meeting. Yeah, Min's like, we need to talk about Rand. By the way, <laughs> I am one of the three. Yep. So, sorry. Yeah. But... At least, so it's weird because so much of Min and Elaine's relationship has happened off screen. Like, yeah. Like, they've known each other for like a year at this point. They're like good friends. Yeah, they're as good friends as... Nynaeve and Egwene, like... Right. Well, not as Nynaeve and Egwene, because that together. relationship is whole different. But, oh, like, okay. as yeah, Elaine yeah. is with Nynaeve and yeah. Egwene. Like, they're all... They're a friend group. Yeah. And, uh, well, now maybe they're a little bit more, at least Elaine and Min. There is a weird polycule happening here. There... Yeah. It's it's getting built. Avienda's over there, unaware of the whole thing. And <laughs> it was just so funny, though, like... Elaine's like, yeah, Avienda's out there taking really good care of Rand, watching <laughs> over him for us. And it's yep. like, you have She's no idea how good. Real good. Real good care. Yep. But, I mean, maybe if he is good in bed, they can thank Avienda for that. That's true. Avienda seems like she would not tolerate somebody bad in bed for very long. Yeah. And, and like, she's there to instruct him. <laughs> I don't think he's bad in bed at all. I feel like he's probably, like, your base level. I feel like like, if you have access to the one power, you're not going to be bad in bed. But you can... I feel like Avienda's like, you can always be better, though. Yes. Avienda strikes me as somebody who is rarely satisfied. Not never satisfied, because she was clearly satisfied after the first time. Yeah. But rarely so. Yeah, it was probably like a, all right, yeah, that passed. Like, that that was solid solid B work there. For sex in an igloo, it was good. Especially... You know, Rand's a virgin. Yeah. Like. Is he, does he, you think he has Luz Theron's memories in his mind. Is Rand actually a virgin? Get into the real hot button issues on this episode. Is Rand a virgin (laughs) before he has sex with Alvienda? Because Luz Theron was definitely not. He had children that he killed. I think that unless Rand has memories of Luz Theron having sex, he is a virgin. Okay. And even if he does have those memories, they're not really him. So Okay. Like you can think about sex all you want. Mhm. 
you'd still be a virgin. That's fair. And so the memories are kind of the same thing. He definitely has some memory if, if as you think is true, and he has Luz Theron's memories popping up, he definitely has a memory just waiting to be unlocked of him just getting it on with Lanfear. Yeah. No one goes that crazy about somebody without having sex. Yeah, Lanfear and Luz Theron deaf had sex. Yeah, that's a weird thing to think about. Anyway, moving on, let's talk about... Wind. Unless, unless oh. they didn't, and it's because she doesn't know that she wants it so bad. Because the stuff that Rand has been saying, he's like, he quickly switches to Elaine, but he keeps saying Eliana. Yes. And those are things that Luz Theron said, so if Luz Theron was so dedicated to his wife, why would he have slept with Lanfear? I mean, he could have done it before meeting Eliana. Okay, fair point. Yeah. All right. I accept. Because they were ex, I mean, Lanfear and Luz Theron were ex-lovers. Okay. Yeah. I accept. Cool. Let's talk about Rand before the big event happens. He's lording around Kyrian. And acting crazy because women keep throwing themselves at him. Yeah, the, like, young women of the court are just, like, falling down at his door trying to have dinner with him. And he's very actively trying to chase them off. Yeah, he is trying his best to chase them off. There's a mention of Bear Lane being on her way. Clearly, whatever he was doing with Bear Lane, he's like, that didn't work. So what do I try now? Yeah. Well... People are accepting me as the dragon now, even more so. So I'm going to go crazy? Yeah, that'll work. And that, it doesn't. They no, keep doing it. it does. I mean, it, it does just, a little it bit. It chases off individual women. It does. And what also chases off individual women are the maidens. He He's, like, switched from trying to avoid them, because then they just run into the maidens who, like, switch them. Yeah. To inviting them to do something and then acting really erratic. Yeah, he's been doing both, and I think the problem is is that whoever the woman who is sending these women after Rand, Colavir, Colavir, is just like, well, clearly they weren't strong enough for him, and so right. that's why it doesn't work completely. And he realizes that, so he's like, all right, I gotta go to the source. I gotta, yeah. tr- I gotta make Colavir afraid of it's, me so that she doesn't send anyone else after me. And it's really funny because she sends one of the younger noble women after him. He has a meal with her. Or, like, tea or something. I think they're just, like, standing on a balcony. Yeah. And he's acting all crazy, but then he's like, maybe, you know, maybe I want somebody more mature. (laughs) And his thought process, he's like, I mean, that would be valid, right? Someone would believe that. I've been hanging out with Moraine. Maybe I've got a taste for older women now. Yeah. (laughs) That's literally his thought process, which is hysterical. I mean, it it works because Colavir accepts the invite. He yeah. invites her to dinner, and then she accepts, and they're then getting he it all forgets set up, about and it. He forgets about it, <laughs> and Avienda takes care of the problem. Yup, and in between, then he gets some letters delivered by Moraine. Yep, Moraine is... who has opened and read them. <laughs> no, she hasn't opened them. They're, the seal is not broken. Mm, she definitely knows what's in them, but she does end up reading them after Rand. Yeah. Because he's <laughs> the second letter is like, "Don't tell Moraine." Immediately hands letter right. to Moraine, which. Like, actually... That's, that's growth. It's, it is. Because he would probably be like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Right. He has... It's it's really interesting that now that he's taken Kyrian and, you know, Moraine has fallen on her sword to be like, I don't care what you think of me. Let me help you. Yep. Moraine has gone way above and beyond in showing Rand that she is there to help him and not for her own gain. Well, and... As the summary stated at the beginning, it's probably because she knew she had a short timeline. Yeah. So she's she's there, and Rand has started to trust her. Especially, I think, being in Kyrian and using her teachings about the Game of Houses has helped that trust grow. Because he knows that she wasn't trying to manipulate him. She was trying to tell him what the rules are so he can yeah, play Yeah, she the was game. trying to teach him how to manipulate. Right. And, and I mean, you do kind of have to manipulate a little in order to do so. Because it's kind of like, I remember all that stuff I was doing to you. Okay, here's the logic behind it. Yeah. Now do it. And it's interesting that, like, she's been a really effective teacher for him. Because he's had two other people who probably aren't slouches at the game. Mo- Elaine is not experienced, but she's grown up sort of in it. Not to the degree that Moraine would have, being... Moraine Damatrid. Yeah. And Tom, who ha- is an expert at it. but And Mo- even Moraine is like, you're as good at the Game of Houses. Right. But Moraine is a 
Kyrian and noble woman Aes Sedai. Yeah. The the game is her blood, even if she doesn't want it. And she goes out of her way in the in the this book and the books before that to kind of escape it. She doesn't play the game by default. No. She wants to go out and save the world. She doesn't want to manipulate nobles. And I think she's got an extra not advantage, but she plays the game a little bit differently because she's Aes Sedai and she can't lie. Right. So the game of houses is all lying. Yep. But she can't lie. And so she's probably teaching Rand a little bit of the, here's how to play the game and not lie. Yeah. But also play the game. Right. She can't lie, but that doesn't mean she has to tell the truth. Yes. And I think Rand is there. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Basically, what the two letters say are that Elida is sending Aes Sedai to escort Rand back to Tarvalin to keep him safe. And he's like, yeah, that's not a suggestion. She's going to send 13 of them. (laughs) Yeah. And Alviarin sends a letter. It's like, don't worry about Elida. I got you. Yeah. She's like, I pledge myself to you. Also, don't tell Moraine. Yep. Which is funny coming from Alviarin, who we know is Black Aja. Yes. That's a lie. Yeah. I don't think Aes Sedai can write lies either. They can't communicate lies. Yeah. I'm not sure about writing a lie because it's weird. They can tell lies. They just have to think they're the truth. So, so it's like, not really a lie if you think it's the truth. Right. A lie is purposely giving false information. Right. And I, I think the three O's extend to writing lies, but I'm not 100% certain. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we know that this is a lie because she's Black Aja. Yeah. And oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So she sends this secret letter to Rand to undermine Delida. Yeah, it's to, I mean, it's to undermine Elida that, yeah, that purpose stays the same, whether she's Black Aja or not. But I guess the pledging myself to you part is a complete lie. She's trying to make Rand feel secure. And after reading them, Moraine gets real, real with Rand. And she's like, the only three women you can, who can channel, who are Aes Sedai or Aes Sedai related you can trust are Egwene, Elaine, and Nynaeve. Not even Varen. Yeah. And Abienda. Avienda, yeah, but really she's talking about Aes Sedai. And she's saying, you cannot trust any Aes Sedai who isn't those three. Yeah. And we suspect that it's because she thinks she's going to die. Now now we do. Yeah, putting it all together. She's She is setting herself up, and, and her actions throughout this whole book start to kind of fall in line when, when you know that the encounter at the docks is something she knew was coming. Yeah. She's acting a lot more desperate. She's... Because she has a short timeline now right. of like she, but and it really was when she went through the rings and she's like, "Fuck, yeah. I've only got three months to do this now. Right. I've got a," <sighs> which makes all of her conversations with Lan make sense. It does. I'm like, I'm continuing to process this as we're recording. So oh it man, just makes me. The ending sad. of this. The ending of this book brings so much about this book and book four together. And literally, if we could have just cut Val and Luca out of it. Yeah, all of the random plot light is really good. It's really good, and I can't remember all of it because <laughs> the stupid circus. Okay, we're not going to talk about the circus anymore. Yeah. It's great. It's great. The reason, going back to Rand, the reason he doesn't have dinner with Colibear, who was then left to devices, <laughs> is that Matt shows up. And he is... Part of, he is like the leader of the band of the Red Hand. Yep. And Morghese has kind of a snippy comment of like, oh, that's Manethrin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is just fun. Matt can't escape his his old blood. Nope. And Matt comes in with the news. He's that like, oh, by the way, Morghese is dead. Morghese is dead. Yeah. And Gabriel's the king of Andor. Yep. And Rand's like, uh-uh, no, not on my watch. I'm going to go kill him now. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, this is my fault. Forgive me, Elaine. Like, yeah. And but I mean, to be fair, if he had gone after Robin, she actually would be dead. Right. Or he ain't dead. If he had gone after her early, Robin would have used her as a hostage. Now we know that she's escaped. She, I mean, maybe she's actually dead. Maybe she got killed off screen. Yeah, maybe she did. But nobody, no crime. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nobody, no crime. Again, same thing as Tom. Um. There's less imminent new or less imminent evidence that Morghese is dead. She did get out of Andor. Or not Andor, but she did get out of Camelin. Yeah. Anyway, Rand knew that Robin was Gabriel the whole time. Mm-hmm. Didn't act. 
was more concerned with taking Kyrian. And so now he feels guilt because he is a master of self-guilt. Yep. He really should be Catholic. <laughs> I guess he is Jesus. It's hard for Jesus to be Catholic. Yeah, yeah. There's hard a for book. Jesus to be Catholic. There's a book called Crown of Swords. <laughs> anyway. He's, Dragon Jesus. Dragon Jesus, yeah. He's v- very guilt-ridden about this and decides to go kill Robin and take some people with him. And he's going to do the whole traveling thing that he did before. Yep. He's like, I'm going to do some skimming and yep. people can come if they want. Yep. He's going to have Egwene and Avienda and Moraine come with him. And, well, well, not anymore. Not anymore. And then they're all like, we're going to do this tomorrow, right? And he's like, but now... Like, but then, you're tired. And then Moraine's like, you need to be fully rested. He's going to expect it now. You yep. need to, you need to wait. And he's like, okay, yeah. And he guess he's so angry that he just accepts it. And now I, we realize that Moraine's waiting, making him wait until tomorrow because he has to be there to deal with Lanfear. Yep. Or I guess so she can deal with Lanfear. Yeah. Let's talk about that now. There's very little other Matt stuff. He's he's head of the band of the Red Hand. They're skirmishing on the on the Kyrian and the Dorn. He kills Melindra. Oh I'm... shit! Yeah, let's talk about that first. I that got lost in this. The big event happens, but this would be the big event. He goes back to bed essentially. Yeah, he's and... like, I'm gonna go back to bed, and he's saying something, and he says something about going to tear, and she just whips a dagger out. And yep. he's faster. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you do this? Yeah. And she, like, almost kills him. Yeah. Because, you know, she's a maiden of the spear. Yeah. He's just lucky. And as she's dying, she mentions something about him having the great lord's luck. Yeah. She's like, I always liked your eyes. And you have the great lord's luck. And he's like, mother, dark friend. Yep. There are dark friends among the Aiel as well. Yes. Which is, Which is the a one big were... fucking reveal. Well, I mean, is it a reveal? Because Kadir got that letter that it, it was, yes. that, that he thought a that maiden, that he thought a maiden was. But Kadir's an idiot. I mean, yeah, but also. He like... didn't know that he was traveling with two Forsaken. <laughs> like, he's like, Kylie he's... and Natale are just really powerful dark friends. They're not, they're, I can overcome them. Um, no, they're fucking Forsaken, you idiot. Yeah, he's dumb, but he was right. There's a dark friend in the Maidens. Yep. Is, because then the Maidens are missing when Rand wakes up. Yeah. What did she do? I think Moraine sent them away. So that they wouldn't get caught up in. So that they wouldn't get caught up in, or so they wouldn't stop Rand. Yeah. Because they probably would have stopped Rand. And then a bunch of them would have died, and then Yeah, and then Rand would feel very guilty. Yeah, he already feels guilty that a bunch of maidens died from a tower. Right. Like... Yeah. yeah. So Matt kills Melindra, who was one of Samael's dark friends. Yep. I am real sad. She has a knife with the nine bees. Yeah, I'm sad. The golden bees of Ilion. Like, I wasn't, like, on the long ship train for Matt and Melindra. It was a fun fling. But it was a fun fling, and I wanted it to end with a just... All right, yeah, we're done fucking. No, nope. well, they're done fucking. They're but... done. They're done with that. But yeah, poor Matt. Matt feels real bad about it. He's like, I've killed before. He's never killed a woman. Before. He's never killed a woman before, and he's like, is she a woman if she's a dark friend? I mean, kind of. It's just like, it's not even a random woman, like a random woman dark friend. Right. He's been with her for like a few months now. Yeah. They've been sleeping together for a couple of months. Yeah. And it it puts in perspective the whole... Because, like, looking back, knowing that she's a dark friend, she was kind of doing the thing to Matt that Rand was doing, or that Lanefear was doing to Rand, where she's encouraging Matt to go after his own honor, to go after his own glory, pushing him to get out of Rand's shadow, kind of trying to drive a wedge between him and Rand. Yeah, and whether that's because she knew that Matt needed to not be near Rand in order for Rand to not be as successful. Like, yeah. clearly he's more successful with Matt there, trying to encourage Matt away so that Rand starts to fail. Or, as I'm going to choose to believe, because she liked Matt and <laughs> didn't want him to get caught up in her plan. I know that's false. We'll never know. She's I know it's now. false. 
and I'm just going to cling to it anyway <laughs> because I need Matt to have good things. And yep. instead, the first relationship we see him have is with a freaking dark friend. Yup. And it's Yay. just going to get worse because he's supposed to marry a daughter of the nine moons. And that's Sean Chan. Yeah. Matt's got a time ahead of him. He clearly has horrible taste in women. He does not pick them well. And so he maybe Mostly because needs... he doesn't really pick them. He's not very picky. You'd think with his luck... Maybe that's would... the one area he's unlucky. Or maybe he's too lucky. He gets too lucky. I guess Taviran, he needed to kill Melinda. I don't know. Matt needs a nice, <laughs> good, not evil lay. Yes. Yes, he does. That's what he needs. Yup. Yup. All right. Now it's time to talk about the big thing. Rand and everybody is getting ready to go to Camelin. Mm-hmm. And he is interrupted by... Moraine, who gives him two letters to yep. open later. One's for him, one's for Tom. And he's like, Why are okay? you doing this? And it's never good when somebody does that. <laughs> it didn't even occur to me, but now it's all making sense. <laughs> yeah, it's never good when somebody gives you a letter addressed to you and tells you to open it later. And a letter for someone else. Yeah, that's never good news. And then... She's like, we need to go to the docks. And he's like, but we should go to Camelin to kill Robin. And he's and she's like, no, but we need to go to the docks first. There's something I need you to see. And, and I was so confused. And now it makes sense. <laughs> yep. And so they go to the docks. And in the background, we know that Lanfear has met up with Kadir, who tells her that he just gives her an update. That's all yeah. we know. He's like, and I've got news for you. And then it switches back to Rand and... A thing is being blown up. Yeah, she blows up Kadir's wagon because Kadir has told her that Avienda slept with Rand. And How did Kadir know? Because the maidens talk. Oh, yeah, true. Okay. And never tell Lanfear that because this is what happens. She blows up your wagon and then skins you alive with the one power. Yep, she completely snaps. She's nuts. She's always been crazy, but she she wasn't unhinged if she was make... always unhinged she was always unhinged but she was like a box without a hinge but the lid was still on yeah the lid's gone lid everything's fully gone pandora's she's... box has been opened and she's the, the just crazy is spilling out obliterating everything around her and she... shrieking she's she goes full banshee yeah and elaine not elaine i did it again Egwene and Avienda try to stop her, but she's, you know, forsaken, more powerful, more experienced, faster, stronger. And Rand is trying to stop her and hoping that maybe if he can get her to be distracted long enough that maybe he lets go of Avienda and Egwene. Maybe they can try to nope. shield her. No, because she's got crazy energy behind her now. Yeah. And she's, she's not just forsaken. She's, she's a crazy forsaken. Very strong. She has an angry all. Yep. We learn Moraine left there on purpose. Yeah. What? I think it was to distract her. Probably. It was to make her powerful enough to distract her. Because although Rand has an angry all, Rand is inexperienced. She, he's trying to help Moraine and, not Moraine, Elaine and Avienda. I did it with an M name. And, and you it did it with Elaine too. Uh, Egwene. Jesus. <laughs> he's trying to help Egwene and Avienda. And Lanfear is experienced fighting other channelers, fighting Sidene users. And she's just swatting away all of his weaves, even though she can't see them. And Lan goes after her. And he gets flung into a riot. Because of course Moraine's immediately like, Lan, no. And I'm like, Lan, no. Yep. And she probably did that on purpose to position herself. To get Lan out of the way so that yep. he wouldn't try to stop her from yep. going into the door frame. Oh, side note. She didn't know this was coming since Roydian. She knew this was coming since Tyr. I thought she saw it in the rings. She knew something was coming from the from the doorway, too, I think. Probably. She did see it in the rings. She saw it in the if she saw it in the rings, as the summary says, then she that's what accelerated the timeline. She might have yeah. like in the doorway in Tyr known, all right, I have a limited time with Rand. I need to start trying. Yeah. And then through the rings she was like, Okay, now I need 
to throw and see what sticks. Yeah. Anyway, Lanfear is torturing Egwene and Avienda. Yep. Egwene gets it real bad. She's she's stuck in Lanfear's weaves for much longer than Avienda, who Rand eventually frees. Yeah. And then Rand kind of goes face to face with Lanfear, and he could overpower her. And he's, he's stronger. Not because he doesn't want to hurt a woman. Right. He doesn't want to hurt a woman. He doesn't want to hurt Lanfear, who up until now has actually really only been helpful. Yeah, he it, there's two, there is two parts of it. It's kind of like the same thing with Matt of like, what the hell? I've never hurt a woman before. Right. And also confusion over what the heck just happened? She's yeah. been helping me for years. Well, that and a desperate struggle for success because he is more powerful. She is as powerful as a woman can be in the one power with Sidar. Yeah. And he is as powerful as a man can be, which there is a gap there of uh, like six levels or so, but power isn't everything. Yeah. And she's way more skilled. And so she's able to hold him back with an angry all much more easily than he can overcome her. And she eventually kind of like binds him up. Yeah. He's he's defeated. If nobody interferes the Dragon Reborn has fallen, and out of nowhere, it's Moraine with a chair. <laughs> and not even that much of an exaggeration. She gets up on the wagon and tackles Lanfear <laughs> through the stone doorway to Rangrial from Roydian. And honestly, like, she doesn't even push her through with the one power or anything. She physically tackles yeah, she her. full on tackles and her. And if Moraine instantly dies in the second, what a fucking way to go. Oh my god. If both of them are dead, she just physically killed Lanfear with her bare hands. Yeah. I mean, she has a little one power behind her, but like... She has... She's embraced the source. But she's not channeling, really. Right. She's just fucking body slamming her. Yeah. And she body slams her through the the stone doorway and everything goes white. Yeah. And that's where we ended. Yeah. So I have a few questions. Do you think Moraine makes it? I think so. I think so. Clearly, I know what happens. Yeah, that's, that's the, the podcast. podcast. I I don't really know. I want to think that she does. What would you do? What Would your thoughts change if we found out that the bond was broken? I still don't know. Because here's the thing. It's if the doorway is no longer usable uh-huh. and Moraine is kind of like on a different plane. Yeah. Wouldn't that sever the bond even if she was alive? It did not sever the bond when she went through the doorframe in Tear. Although the, the door, door didn't, the, nothing happened to the doorframe. It's implied from this section that something's happening to the doorframe. We don't know yet. Yeah. Everything going white is never good. <laughs> no, everything going white is never good. So if the doorframe is destroyed, then I would say that that sealed off the door. And that might cut the bond. And that might cut the bond. The reason it didn't cut the bond while she was in there is because the door was still open. So that, like, if it was literally a physical string between them, uh-huh. there was no scissors to cut it. Okay. But if do you think, if it's boarded up, do you think if it got cut. cut and she came back, the bond would reestablish itself? Once a string is cut, it's you have cut. to put the string back. You have to do something to put the string back together. Okay. Okay. Cool, cool. Do you think Lanfear makes it? I don't know. I don't know if either of them makes it. But here's what I have to say about Lanfear. Now is when, to me, she has to die. Yeah. She has officially snapped. She no longer is the intriguing Forsaken that she has been for the past five books. Right. She's no longer serving her original purpose. And therefore, this would be her time to die. Okay. All good points. If it's Lanfear's time to die, how is it, how would Lanfear die and Moraine not? They went to the same place. And they as we did. know, the beings on the other side of that doorway are pretty liberal with what constitutes living. Yeah. They returned Matt back. He was technically alive. He would not have been if Rand didn't heal him. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll find out some more next section for sure. Yeah, we will. The, I, the just, other I, don't, question, I just don't know if this is when Gandalf dies. That's true. Like Gandalf does come back. Yeah, that's where the metaphor dies for me, or the comparison, because I don't remember anything about the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> Fair enough. I haven't read the books, and the, I've only seen the movies once. The other question I have is, what's with the letter to Tom? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's she in the letter to She gave a letter to Rand. to Rand and to Tom. What's with the letter to Tom? I know. 
That's the podcast. <laughs> That's the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even... I, I mean, I was always kind of like, why is she writing a Tom? But now really even question. more so, why, why is she, she writing, writing a Tom? Tom? Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty interesting stuff. Is I it mean, like, is it like a report card for Rand? Here's where I left <laughs> off. Can you continue his studies? Yeah. Needs, you know, Game of Houses needs improvement. Yeah, like that's that's the only thing I could think of it being. Okay. But I really want it to be in like the shape of a, in the form of a report, <laughs> a report card. card. Yeah, Moraine's report card. But like, well, what else would she have to say to Tom? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know you know. And I know how long it takes us to find out, too. <laughs> book 14. <laughs> not book 14. I can tell you definitively, we do not find out in book 14 what that letter is. 13. I'm not going to tell you when. I'm just going to tell you that I know. I could know that it happens after the series. Because you read the freaking, like, thing that we got. Yeah. Well, I haven't read all the Companion, but... I know some stuff that goes on after the series. Yeah. So. Tackles her through a doorway. Tackles Lanefear through a doorway. Moraine's forsaken body count is so high. Right now, I think she's got more forsaken under her belt than Rand does. He did kill two in book one. Let's do a count. He didn't kill two. He killed one. I guess. No, he killed two. No, he only killed one. He didn't kill Ishamel. He killed there Agamor. Were th- there were three. Yeah, it was Balthamel who was killed by the green man. Agador, oh. who Rand killed, and Ishamael, who he doesn't kill because he has to kill him two more times. Yeah. He, she kills... So he's killed two in book... Or one in book one. Yeah. She kills Bilal. So one to one. And then she kills Lanfear, or she tackles Lanfear through the doorway. So it's really she's just killed two. Yeah, and he's killed two. He has also killed two. So, she, so they're, they're even. They're even. She's come out better in more encounters with Forsaken because she's had... As many as Rand has had at this point. Yeah. I guess she's technically had one fewer because Rand fought Lanfear and Asmodian in Roydian, where he didn't really win. He only won because Lanfear led him. He did fight Ishamael three times. That's true. He might be one up on her. On fights with Forsaken and one. Yeah. And in that category, Nynaeve has one too. Her and the Green Man are tied. Yes. Except Nynaeve also fought Mogadian. That's what I was counting. When else did she fight in a Forsaken? Oh, I can't count. I can't do math. Math isn't real. Anyway, Moraine has successfully taken down two Forsaken, and she is... And maybe a third. Maybe a third, yeah. It's Lanfear. We'll find out. No, this would be her second. Would it? She took out Belal. She did not take out anybody other than Belal. Oh. Yeah, neither of us can math. Yeah, we can't math. Math isn't real. Listen, I am an author, not a mathematician. (laughs) Anyway, she is not the most powerful Aes Sedai around. There are Aes Sedai who are stronger in the power than she is. But do you need to be stronger in the power if you're just going to freaking body slam someone? She's taken lessons from Nynaeve. If this is how Moraine goes, it's a badass way to go. She's a fucking legend. Yeah. Just tackled. Can you imagine this scene in the show? It'd be so good. Have they cast Lanfear yet? They have not cast Lanfear. But Rosamund Pike doing this? Oh, I can totally see Rosamund Pike body slamming someone. So good. And if that was the last episode she was in... What a way to go. What a fucking way to go. It'd be amazing. It'd be so good. I want to see that. Please show that to me. And also... Um, I mean, I just want to see Rosamund Pike tackling her through the doorframe. Whether she yeah. survives or not, we'll find out in the plot of the book. Yes. But either way, I need to see Rosamund Pike... Tackle Lanfear. Body slam Yeah. into Lanfear. Yep. I need it. It's great. All right. Well, we've covered everything there is to cover. There's a whole lot. There, We still have to go to Camelin. Robin still has Robin's to Robin's still around. He's still gonna get fought by Rand in this book. How many Forsaken do we have left? <laughs> Fewer than there should be. Fewer than the, than the number of books remaining, I think. Because, yeah, we've got Samael, Samael Robin. Samael, Robin, Demandred, Semirog, Masana, Mogedian, Grendel... Lanfear? Lanfear? She is um, Schrodinger's Forsaken right now? Yeah, Schrodinger's Forsaken, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a dwindling number of them. They're going fast. Yeah. Alrighty. Let's do some recurring segments because I think we've covered everything. Auras. We got a new one. We did get a new one. 
I don't think anything else got confirmed, really. No. Nothing new that I can kind of officially cross off the list of that's that thing. Moraine's whole thing has to do with prophecy, sort of, but we were never told We didn't see what that was, yeah. Yeah. All righty. Ship update. One got sank. Yeah. And there's there's min and lane stuff. Yeah. It's not really a ship. It's not really a ship. I mean, it's a poly ship at this point. Yeah. It's a fleet. Yeah, there's a fleet going on. Yeah. Rand and his women. Rand and the women. Yeah. Favorite moments? I think it's probably the conversation between Elaine and Min. Okay. It's a good one. I just, it's kind of awkward, and I dig yeah. the awkward. It's a nice small thing. Yeah. You don't even have to ask what mine is. It's Maureen t- tackled Laneveer through a doorway. That's my other one. Yeah. But how can, how can I, was, I was confused during that scene a little, and we had to discuss so I could get pattern of events, but... Yeah. Yeah. Maureen tackled Laneveer through a doorway. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And now our last recurring segment, Dallas wrote a book. I did. It is out now. Yeah, it is. Pre-orders are over. It's time to actually buy the book. If you're listening to this, buy the book. If if you bought a a copy, buy another copy. And leave a review on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Yeah, I hear those are are good. (laughs) Because you can buy the book on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You should review them there as well. If... You're new to this podcast and you didn't know that Dallas wrote a book. Dallas, what's the book about? The book is about two bisexual disasters finding love while working together at a publishing company during the pandemic. Okay. It's called Queried Sick. There you go. And you said people can get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere else? You can request it at your libraries. You should request it at your libraries. You can request that your indie bookstores carry copies as well. Also do that. Keep indie bookstores alive. And I believe it also is available on Target Online. That one's new to me. I didn't know that. I'm not quite sure. Sometimes it populates. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm still new at this, so... Yeah. Where would we be able to find updates about this book or any other books you might write in the future? You can go onto my website and subscribe to my newsletter, authordallassmith.com. You can also find me on Instagram at author Dallas Smith. Alrighty. This was the fires of heaven chapters 50 through 52. Next time 53 to the end. Yes. The end of the book. Yeah. So we will be discussing those chapters, but also just the book as a whole, the whole book minus all of the Val and Luca bits. (laughs) We're still going to talk about Val and Luca. We can't not talk about Val and Luca. I guess we can't. We're at least going to complain about Val and Luca. Well, why would we do that? There's too much complaining. Anyway, (laughs) we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.